0: Second Timothy chapter 4. And we'll start reading in verse number 6. Paul says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but but unto all them also that love his appearing. Tonight we're going to just spend a few minutes in this passage and I want to talk about finishing our course. So let's begin with a word of prayer and just ask one more time for God to bless in the service. Lord God, we pray as we open up the word tonight that you would speak to our hearts. God, help me as I've studied and, and prayed over this. That so Lord, your words would be the words that I speak tonight. God, help me to be led and directed by you. And I pray that you would lead those in this room tonight to make decisions. Because, Lord God, your word challenges us. And I pray that as we get challenged tonight, Lord, we would leave this room better Christians, Lord, better equipped to serve you and to live for you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Paul here, in this first uh, in verse number six that we read, he said, I am now ready to be offered. That means his life is going to be poured out as an offering. And, uh, and then he said, my time of departure is at hand. Paul knew that his journey on this earth would soon be coming to an end and that he would depart from this life. Now, as we all know, life on this earth one day is going to end for us all. And Paul had really an interesting point of view of how his life was, how it went. And uh, tonight, hopefully it will encourage us and challenge us. But uh, do do you ever just sometimes think about life ending? sometimes i do and it's not very often but every now and then i it's a sombering thought to think about when this life actually ends and the world out there it's a scary thought to them because they have no hope um whenever covid hit people were afraid because it could you know kill people so it caused panic and hysteria but in reality for us as believers even if even if COVID was my end, that's okay, because there is something better for me. And Paul, he was convinced. You, when you read this about Paul, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't upset about his life coming to an end. He was ready for it. He embraced it. And as Christians, we should have that same outlook on life. We shouldn't fear death. We shouldn't think of death as a sad thing for us. Now, those that, uh, you know, our family and friends that, that we leave, they, they mourn over us. But as a Christian, my death is not something that I should fear and dread. Not something that I should even worry about. Because one day it's going to happen. Now, obviously, we could be foolish about that. And, we, you know, you shouldn't say, I'm going to die. I'm just going to do whatever I want. It doesn't matter. Ought, I mean, you ought to be practical, obviously. But uh, but we should never fear what, you know, what death is going to bring us. Um, let's turn to... Philippians chapter 1. Hold your hand here because we're going to stay here primarily tonight. But Philippians chapter number 1. And we'll look uh, starting in verse number 21. I'll show you the Apostle Paul's really how he viewed death. In verse number 21 he said, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh that is the fruit of my labor... Yet what I shall choose, I want not. For I am in a strait betwixt two. He said he's, 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 he has these two different you know, thoughts tearing him. Having a desire to depart and to be with Christ. So he wanted to be with the Lord Jesus Christ, which is far better. Then he said in verse number 24, Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence... I know that I shall abide and continue with you, all for your furtherance and joy of faith. So Paul was saying here, he said he, he would rather be with Jesus. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't rather leave this life behind, leave all the pain, the suffering, the sorrow, and be with your Savior? Who wouldn't rather have that? That's, Paul said, that's what I want, but it is needful that I'm here so that I can help other people. You see, Paul had the right idea. Paul, he his mindset was God has a plan for me, and I want to carry that out on this earth. Amen. That's the re- that is the only reason Paul said I I am content staying here on earth, because I know I can carry out what God has for me, and that's by helping other people. And I just want to say to us tonight, as we get into this, God has a plan for each and every one of us in this room. Everyone. Now we're not all going to be Apostle Paul. We're not going to have his course. But we all have a course. We have a race to run. And it's yours. Your race is not my race. Mine is not yours. God has a plan for your life. And if we are going to be like Paul, we should say at the end of our life, when we know we're drawing near, say, God, I have been faithful all along. I've kept the course. I've fought a good fight. And that is that should be in our heart today. You know, Paul, he puts me to shame because so many times I get... Wrapped up in the things of this world, I get wrapped up in, and you know, it, it, and I, You should have time with your family. You should care for your family, love them. But I know that we can get so wrapped up that we care more about our family, more about our finances, more about my job, my career path, what I want to do with my life, than we care about what God has for you. There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, with, you know, going to college, having a good career. But let me ask you this tonight, Are you, do you know for certain it is what God has for you? Is it what God has for you? Or is it what you have in plan for your future? Because we ought to be on the path that God has for us tonight. God has a plan, and God's plan is always that you and I would help other people. Always. God wants us to be involved in people's lives. All of us. All of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, you're not going to be a pastor necessarily, you're not going to be a missionary necessarily, but God has a plan for you, and he wants to use you. And you alone. He has people that he's going to place in your life that he wants you to be a witness to. I truly believe that sometimes we pass up opportunities on people, and it was God's plan for us to meet with that person at that time. But we were too busy thinking about what's going on in our life. Maybe we had a bad day. Maybe we're just too busy and we're running around. And we miss the opportunities that God puts right in front of us. And I I know in my life I do the same. There, There are times that I'm sure I've missed out on what God wants me to do. But God wants us to get involved and to serve Him. We ought to be concerned about the Lord's will in our life. One thing that I love about this, uh, this letter to Timothy right here is, uh, I'm not going to read through much of it, but uh, let's just look up at verse number, let's look at verse number four. Paul had just told him how to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. And then in verse number four, he said, They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. So he said, You're going to have difficulties, Timothy. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Now, like I said, we could go through much of this and see how Paul encouraged Timothy. But here, this this man, we know the Apostle Paul. I'm sure most people in this room know who he is and have known about his life and studied him. But this is a man who gave everything to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a totally surrendered man. And here he is coming to the conclusion of his life. And what he says to Timothy is, Timothy, I want you to continue doing what you should be doing. Preach the word of God. Don't be discouraged. Don't. He said, Timothy, you're going to go through afflictions. But I would say, Paul, above all else, he knew what it was to be afflicted and continue. This is the man who was stoned and left for dead. And then he got up out of that pile of rocks and he kept preaching the word of God. That's Paul. That's who he is. This is a man who poured out his heart and he loved people. And he said to the church at Corinth, the more I love you, it seems like the less you love me. This is a man who was involved in ministry. His life was the ministry. And so many times, we as Christians, our life is not the ministry. Our life is everything but that. Our life is, you know, come to church on Sunday, and then after that, my job is my life, what I do at work. And obviously, you have to work, you have to make money. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to put food on your table. But I'm telling you this. Even at work, God has a plan for your life. I believe that. Now, you might call me crazy, but I truly believe that God wants to work in our lives and through our lives. He wants to use us. And I feel like sometimes we just miss out on that opportunity. Now, Paul, his, his life wasn't always committed to God because when we find him in the book of Acts in the beginning, the Bible says his name was Saul then and that he made havoc of the church. Saul was a persecutor of the church. He was a persecutor of people who believed in Jesus Christ. That's where we find him. And in Philippians, Paul talked about the accomplishments that he had and he says in the flesh, he says this, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. So he said, I have so many things to boast of if I was living for the flesh, if I was trusting in my own goodness. He said, then circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, Blameless. He was a follower of the law. He was, he was a very zealous man. One thing we know about Paul is he was a very zealous man. Because when he was persecuting the church, he gave everything to persecuting the church. He poured his life into that. He thought he was doing right and he was pouring his heart and life into that. But then he met Jesus in Acts chapter 9 on the road to Damascus. And everything in the life of Paul changed. Everything. His view. He knew Jesus then. The one that he was persecuting, he came to know him and it changed his life. You know, salvation changes a man's or, or, or a lady's life. Right, salvation is not just some form of religion. It really does change a person. And if it, let me tell you this tonight. If nothing ever changed the day that you say you were saved, then, I, then your salvation, I would question that. Because when God comes into the life of a person, it changes. And it changed the course of Paul's life until the day that he died. Now, we don't know how Paul died because the Bible doesn't tell us and even historians can't necessarily say for sure how he died. But, you know, he was a martyr. So I'm not even going to say how he would have died because I don't know. I mean, I've studied and there's, there's theories on it. You know, sometimes... Sometimes when I read the Bible, I think, God, you could have put that detail in because I really want to (laughs) know. Wouldn't you like to know how Paul died? I would. I mean, we see the life of Paul. We see how he lived. And then he just kind of goes off the scene. And we don't really know what happened. But I, I do know this. Paul was faithful to God. Here he is. He knows his life's getting near the end. And he's confident that he has been following the Lord with his life. The Bible talks about there are two paths in life. One of them is the broad way, and then one is the narrow way. And those that walk in the, on the broad way, the Bible says that the end of their life is going to be destruction. But those that, that walk the narrow way, there's life waiting for them at the end of that. That's life everlasting. That's life in Jesus Christ. You know, Paul took a detour off the broad way, and he got onto the narrow way and started living for Jesus and never turned back. And tonight, if you have chosen Christ and you're on that narrow way, I want to encourage you with Paul's words tonight. I want to encourage you to keep on going for God. So now let's look at, in verse number 7, he said, I have fought a good fight. Unfortunately, as believers, we are engaged in a fight. When you enter into the Lord's army, you're going to fight. If you're here in Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, look in verse number 1. He says to Timothy, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So he tells Timothy be strong. And then he tells him to take the things that he's learned to teach those to other people who can teach. And then in verse 3 he says this. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He said you're going to have to endure the battle. You're going to have to endure hardness. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So then Paul told Timothy, he said, if you're in the fight, if you're engaged in battle, don't get tangled up in the things of this world. Don't don't go back to the things of this world. He said, you have to be a soldier that should please the one who's chosen him. God has chosen us to fight, God has chosen us to stand up for the truth and do what's right. And it's not always easy, it's not always popular. But I'll tell you this tonight. It's always worth fighting for the right thing. It's a fight that is worthy. Paul said here that he has fought a good fight. That word good does it means worthy, acceptable. Something that is, that is worth fighting for. And Paul believed that what he lived out, what he did in his life, was something that was worth fighting for. And I'm telling you tonight, the Word of God... Is worth fighting for. The truth. People that are lost and dying in this world, it is worth fighting the fight and reaching out to them and trying to save some with the word of God. It's worth it. There are a lot of things that we do in this life. Sometimes we do things and when we get to the end, we think, man, that really kind of was a waste of my time. That's good. Someone agreed with that. (laughs) But we can waste our time on things that aren't really worthy, right? We can waste our time on on things that entertain us. We can waste our time on things that just, they profit nothing. But I'm telling telling you this tonight. If you get in the fight, and you serve God, and you know what God wants you to do, and you battle, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult, Sometimes we're going to want to give up, but I'm telling you tonight to keep going for the Lord. You know, I was, I was thinking, and we're going to talk about the, the race and the course. What, I, what, uh, what really got my mind, started thinking about this and studying this, is, uh, is how easy it is to start things. When you start something, you're kind of excited about it, whether it be, you know, anything. When you're getting into it at first it's kind of easy because it's new it's exciting i'm going to do this you get committed and then later on in life you just kind of say that i give up i quit i don't really want to do it anymore if you have any projects at home maybe you started a project and you told your wife i'm going to finish this i promise and you got started you were all excited and then it's unfinished still today maybe and your wife is like why didn't you finish that Because finishing is not always fun. It's easy to start, right? It really is easy to start. So there there are are people in this room in all different walks of life. You're in different stages of your journey. Maybe some of you have just begun your journey for the Lord Jesus Christ. You started in the fight, and you're excited, and you're engaged. But then there's, I think there's quite a few of us in this room who have been doing it for a while. And if we're not careful, we just kind of get tired. I'm tired of doing it all the time. I'm tired of always serving. I'm tired of always being in my place. I'm tired of always, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm just kind of tired. I want to tell you tonight, don't give up, don't quit. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to get tired and just kind of fade off and not do it anymore. But I'll tell you this, living for God is going to be a fight. But it's always going to be worth it. And we're going to look at that at the end, because Paul is going to talk about that. So tonight, maybe you haven't even entered the fight. Maybe you're kind of like, I haven't really done much for God. I want to tell you something tonight. Get involved in the ministry. Find what God has for you and say, God, I'm going to serve you with my life. But be prepared, because there's going to be a fight. And then secondly, Paul said this. He said, I have finished my course. Paul liked to talk about sports talked about fighting a lot of times he talks about running a race and even this word course here can mean race and I think that Paul had it in his mind that life for him was a race that he got involved in and he's going to finish it to the end he's going to keep going until he's done I always hated running I still hate it today if you like running I don't understand how you can like it because the longer you go man I got I I remember in high school or I, I remember in school when we, uh, we would run the track and run the mile. Our coach would make us run the mile. I hated running the mile. The mile's not even that long, but I hated running it, hated it. I mean, you would see kids, like, laying over on the side puking because they're not ready for it. Like, I, I remember, like, when you start off, you think, I'm going to run as hard as I can, and I'm just going to give my all. That is the worst thing you can possibly do is, like, give your all at the start. Because by the time you get to the end, you're like, man, I can't can't do this anymore. Running, running is horrible. I hate it. But Paul compared life to running a race. I worked with this lady, and she, uh, her son, he runs marathons like crazy. He runs like 100 mile marathons though, and he placed. She showed me. She was proud of him. She brought it in this newspaper, and he placed second or third, I think, in this 100 mile race. He, like, went for 20 hours or something. It's insane. And and one thing that these guys tell you that run these long races, because she even told me, that they get to this place where it's like they hit this brick wall and they just can't go anymore. But it's all in their mind because they're just going to push through. I mean, of course, their body wants to give up too. But they push through. Once they get past that, they say it, it gets a little easier and they can just keep going to the end. And I tell you what, sometimes when we... Start out serving God, and, and we're running the race, and we're doing what's right, and we're excited, but eventually, sometimes we hit that brick wall, too, and we say, man, I just don't know how I can keep going. But I want to tell you something tonight. You can keep going. Maybe tonight, you're sitting in this room, and you're discouraged, and you say, I've done a lot for God. I've done a lot of things. I've, I've given a lot, but I'm kind of getting tired. Let me tell you something. I, it's understandable. We all get tired sometimes. Sometimes. But if God has a course for you to run, then he's going to enable you to run that course. And Paul said, I have run my course. I mean, I'm I, once again, talking about Paul, if you look at his life and all the persecutions he went through, if it were me, I would probably be like, I'm done with this. All I do is get criticism from people that you know, should be loving me, and then these guys hate me and they want to kill me. Paul spent a lot of time in chains. He was shackled up. But you know what he said? I have not given up. Amen. I'm going to finish my course. Amen. Amen. That's hard. I'm not saying it's not. And maybe, maybe like I said, you're discouraged. And I, I want to encourage you. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't say I'm done with this. Because God has greater things in store for you. Keep running that race. People, you know, people need God. And one of of the ways that God works in a person's life is through you and me, through us. Some people are never going to hear the gospel if you don't take the chance to share that gospel with them. Some people at work that you are close with, that maybe you have a friendship with, they might listen to you more than they would listen to anybody else. And you could be the one that can lead them to Christ. Don't give up. There are souls on the line. Paul, I'm convinced that he believed that people needed God and he was going to bring that message to them no matter what. No matter what he went through. Even if he got bit by that snake. You remember he got bit by that snake? And these people thought he was like some kind of God because he kind of shook it off and it didn't harm him. And they wanted to like start praising Paul. Listen, Paul used opportunities even like that to share the gospel with people. That's what Paul was all about. Paul was about serving his Lord. I think one of the the greatest battlegrounds that we face in this life is right inside of our head. I think that's where the devil knows to get there. And he'll start putting thoughts in your mind. When things aren't going good, you know what he's going to tell you? Quit. You don't have to suffer anymore. Why are you worrying about these people when they don't even care about you? Just give up. That's what the devil's going to tell you. That's not right. When I think about that, I think about Elijah. You remember when Elijah was running? He was was afraid because of Jezebel. He had slain those prophets of Baal on the mountain. And then Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you, Elijah. And he's scared. And he runs and he hides. And then he tells God, I'm the only one left. Nobody else is standing for you. And God says, no, 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 you're thinking wrong. There are people standing. The devil wants to tell you you're all alone. Nobody else knows what you're going through. Nobody else is facing this. Why are you suffering alone? Why are you continuing? That's what he's going to tell you. But I'm here to tell you today, you're not alone. There are people that love the Lord in this building tonight. As I look across this room, there are so many faces of of people that I know you're serving God and you love God. And I want to tell you this tonight. Keep going. If you get to a place in your life where you feel like you want to quit, keep going. Keep the course. Paul in Acts chapter 20. He said in verse number 22, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. He knew he was going to be bound and afflicted there. But then he said in verse number 24, But none of these things move me, neither account I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Only the grace of God working in a person's life can cause them to say that. Paul said, I count not my life dear. You know what? I'm going I'm to keep going. They may kill me, but I'm not stopping. Because, and, and, and this is another wonderful thing he said. He said that he has received a ministry from the Lord Jesus Christ. And that he was going to keep on going in that ministry. Tonight. Jesus is calling you to the ministry. And I don't know what your ministry is. I don't know what area God wants you to serve. But I'm here to tell you tonight. That every born again believer. Jesus has a ministry for you. For you personally. And we ought to personalize that in our own lives. And say Lord this is what you've given me to do. And I'm going to be faithful to the end. I'm going to keep going. Obviously, we need the Lord's help. Paul wanted to finish, and he was going to finish. Paul was determined. And then Paul said that he has kept the faith. Keeping as in holding strong. Keeping as in and holding it tight. Paul said, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to turn back. I'm going to be faithful to the God that has called me. And then he said. In verse number eight. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all, but unto all them also that love his appearance. You know know what Paul said? He said, at the end, at this point, when I reach the end of my life, there's a crown of righteousness that my my Lord's going to give to me. Isn't that a wonderful thought tonight? This life is so short. And sometimes we work so hard to get where we're at, to get what we have. We pour our labor into it. We, We work hard and And at the end of the day, we have a nice house to go to, and we have a nice car to drive, maybe. But I'm going to tell you, one day, all of this stuff is gone. Everything. And you may be one that poured all of your life into having the things in this world. And then when you stand before your Lord, you have nothing. Now, of course, you'll still be saved. You're not working to be saved. But I I can't even tell you, and I can't even imagine how disappointing it will be if we stand before God and He says, you really haven't done anything for me. You have nothing to show. You didn't serve me. You didn't care. You didn't try to win people to the Lord. You were more worried about your pocketbook than you were worried about people. And I think on that day, there's going to be shame in people. And I don't think that it's going to be this light thing that we just kind of say, well, we'll get over it quickly. I think, how embarrassing would it be to stand before Jesus who sacrificed his life for you and you couldn't even do anything for him? We don't want to be there. Here's the good news. We have a chance today. Maybe you have not got on your course that God has for you and said, God, I want to serve you in this way. But tonight, tonight I beg with you, don't just leave this church service and say, I'm just going to keep doing everything the way I've done it. No, get on your face before God and say, God, I want to serve you. Give me a place tonight and I want to be faithful. And then, and then there's maybe ones in the room tonight who you've been serving the Lord and you're kind of getting discouraged and things aren't really going well for you. I tell you what, just get before God and say, God, I need your help tonight. I want to serve you. I love you. I want to give you my life because you deserve it. But God, I'm struggling now. Listen to me. God cares about our needs. He does. He's not some distant God that has nothing to do with his people. He cares about your needs, your hurts. And if you bring them to God, God can help you in ways that you can't even imagine. And I want to tell you this. There might be some of us in this room tonight who are close to the finish. We don't know. None of us know. We don't, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. But keep going. Don't give up. Don't quit. It's not not time to relax. It's not time to just kind of sit back and take it easy. I think one of the worst things that COVID did for us is it caused many in the church to kind of relax and say, you know what? I'm not really going to be doing this anymore. And we kind of just died down on what we were doing. It's not time to quit. I mean, we we know what COVID is now. It's it's, going to be all right. We're going to make it. We're going to survive. Don't quit. If you've kind of taken it easy and and you're you're just relaxing, it's time to quit relaxing. You you gotta quit tonight. You gotta get up and you gotta do something for God. All of us. No exceptions. Everyone in this church who is a born-again believer, God has a purpose for you. I promise you. He's got a mission for you, and you can fulfill that tonight. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We're gonna have a moment of imitation. and during this time I, it, it, to me, wherever you want to be you want to be at this altar if you want to be in your, in, your, in your seat whenever God spoke to your heart tonight I encourage you to obey Him one of the wonderful things about the Bible is that it challenges our lives and that's a good thing because sometimes God challenges us and we know we're not doing the right thing Or maybe we're just challenged and we want to renew our our commitment to him. Whatever that is tonight, I encourage you to obey God. Obey the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. God, I pray for this moment of invitation. I pray that you'd work in the hearts of these people. Lord, we're going to have this this time where people can pray and, and seek you. And I pray that you would just work in people's lives. We ask these things in your name.